Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. standing for our scripture lesson, which comes from John chapter 6, verses 35 through 51. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet do not believe. Everything that the Father gives me will come to me, and anyone who comes to me I will never drive away, for I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. This is indeed the will of my Father, that all who see the Son and believe in him may have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Then the Jews began to complain about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the father who sent me and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Ken, for the reading of our scripture this morning, and a special thank you to our choir for a beautiful job and for leading us in worship. We are grateful. And for the families who have to sit through this twice, I apologize. Today is not only All Saints Sunday, but it's also a day where we begin a new sermon series. And the sermon series is called Bringing It to the Table, and it's Reconciliation Over Rhetoric. The series actually came about because of um, numerous conversations that I had had with individuals here at the church and in my community as well as in my family. And so, This is a conversation to have, especially as we approach the holidays, because we will soon find ourselves sitting at a table 
with family and friends and maybe people that we might meet for the first time, and we might find ourselves having some uncomfortable conversations, and we might want to speak up and speak out and maybe later regret that we said something. In the Christian tradition, though, when we say that we're sitting at the table, it's actually an opportunity to break down barriers. We're breaking bread with one another. It is an opportunity to be able to find what is in common, what we have in common with one another, and it's in that space, in that place, where we extend grace and love. And so this morning, we cannot begin to have a place at the table to have a conversation unless we first have an invitation. And so this morning is an invitation. It is an invitation. So I am sure that many of you have already been receiving invitations for the holidays. Maybe it's through your Sunday school class. Maybe it's for a work party. Maybe it's just you're hosting a party at your own home. And if you're like me, maybe you have birthdays. I have birthdays in December, and so we're already thinking back about the invitations for that. And I have to admit that, um, and I'm gonna be honest here, I'm not really good at responding to invitations whether it's in an evite, or maybe it's just an email, or even if it's a, one of those hard, you know, postcard type of invitations that you usually get for a wedding. So I'm that person when you have to send out a reminder, I'm the person that gets the reminder. So please RSVP as soon as possible because we need to know that how much food we need to order or whatever, whatever. I'm that person and it has also, I've also been that person where they have to pick up the phone and say, are you coming or not? I'm not proud of that. It's a growing edge for me, and I admit that. It is a growing edge for me. And I'm always embarrassed when this happens, and the host or the hostess is always very gracious to me. But it's important to at least RSVP by the due date. And I'm even one of those persons that RSVPs after the due date. Um, and maybe if I'm being so confessional, maybe I'll get my act together, and next time around, I'll make sure that I respond appropriately. But according to Miss. Emily Post, Miss Etiquette, you have to respond to an invitation in a certain amount of time. She says that you should respond to an invitation within two days. I think that's impossible. <laughs> I am not sure who can respond to an invitation within two days, but at least within a week's time, and certainly by the deadline, which is the RSVP. So these are having good manners, this is about being polite, and so sometimes, though, there are, if you're like me, and I'm sorry if you are, we forget. And it's not, it's not because we do it on purpose. It, it, it is probably out of a sense of carelessness. We're being careless. But it's not because we don't care, and it's not because we don't value the person who sent the invitation. And if we're really honest this morning, then we can say that every invitation deserves a response. Wouldn't you say every invitation deserves a response because it lets others know that we care? You're probably much better at it than I am because I know that many of you throw really great parties and you're really on top of the RSVP. So I am very appreciative of that. But when you're going to consider your own RSVP or whether you're going to respond to an invitation, you have to consider certain things. You have to actually look at your calendar and you have to start setting priorities because you can't be at two events at the same time. So you have to decide, which event am I gonna be at? Also, you have to think, do I need a babysitter? Do I need a pet sitter? 
You have to think about, do I need to bring food? That might be for me, I'm like, I'm gonna bring you food. Or is it, you have to write a check? Maybe it requires some money. Or what if you take a look, and Evite does this, you can look at who's going and who's not going. And you go, huh, they're going. I'm not sure if I want to go. Right? We've got to decide who's going to be there, and we have to decide whether or not we want to be around these people. That's being honest. We are selective about our yeses, and we have to be because our calendars fill up. Our calendars fill up. But we make selections about what we're going to attend and what we're not going to attend. But every invitation deserves a response. And in our scripture lesson this morning, it's about an invitation. It's about an invitation from Jesus. And by receiving that invitation, saying, yes, you receive a great gift. So Jesus is traveling with his disciples. They've been in Capernaum, and it's near the Sea of Galilee. The day before, there was a miracle of the loaves and the fishes feeding 5,000 people. They're excited. They're eager. They want more. They want to find out more about this Jesus. And so Jesus begins to talk to them about something called the bread of life, the bread of life. And the crowd, they're excited. They want to know more about this. Give us this bread, they say. Give us this bread. What does it mean that Jesus is offering the bread of life? Now, for the Jewish people, that would have meant something. Bread was a staple of their diet. Bread was something that was filling. They would have just had the miracles, but it would also bring to mind one of the stories of their faith. And one of the stories of their faith was God feeding them during the wilderness years. At those moment, at that moment in the wilderness, God provided for them. And so that would have been part of their collective memory. But what does Jesus mean when he say, says that he is the bread of life? How can Jesus, in human form, born of Mary, be the bread of life? Well, Jesus is not talking about ordinary bread. We know this. He's talking about the bread of heaven. He's talking about a relationship with him. He's talking about if we say yes to the invitation that he is extending to each one of us, then we will be filled. We will no longer be hungry. We will no longer be thirsty. We will be filled. We do not have to look for anything else in the world to fill us up. We don't have to look for success. We don't have to look for money. We don't have to look for accolades from anybody because whatever Jesus is offering us, this bread is going to fill us up and sustain us for all of eternity. When we think about this, we might even think about the Lord's Supper. But it's, it's actually even more than that because the Lord's Supper is a sacrament of the church, but we're hearing from Jesus about the sacramental part of his life. The entirety of his life is what we're to look at. And so Jesus is extending a personal invitation and he says this. Listen to these words. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me. And I will raise that person up on the last day. Now if you had your Bibles with you, and maybe you do, I would ask you to highlight that. I would ask you to underline that. I would ask you to make a note by that verse because that is an invitation. In fact, it is a personal invitation from Jesus to each one of us. Now, in the church, we have a word for that. We call it provenient grace. Provenient grace is a personal invitation 
from Christ. It is Christ preparing the way before we ever arrive so that if we ever had a thought of Christ or we ever wanted to follow Jesus or we say we do follow Jesus or you're even here this morning, it is all at the invitation of God. Provenient grace is the grace that comes before. It tills the soil of our hearts every day. It goes to prepare the place for us because God is pursuing you. God is pursuing you because God loves you. God loves you extravagantly. If we say that we believe in Jesus, it is because he has made that possible for us. If you hear the words from John a little bit further on, he says, you didn't choose me, I chose you, and I chose you that you might go and bear fruit. And then in 1 John, he says, you can love because I first loved you. It's always, always God's grace. It's always God's grace that invites us into this relationship with Christ. Now, there might be some invitations that we might choose to ignore. There might be some invitations that we're going to say no to. But this invitation from Christ is offered to every one of us today. And we can choose how to respond, but this one does have an RSVP. This one deserves a response. It's not just an invitation, though, to resurrection and eternal life. It's also an invitation for today. What does your life look like today? What is the grace that is being extended to you? Now, when we talk about this grace that Jesus offers us, and to bear fruit also means to extend that grace to others. And so, how will you respond? Will you respond by extending grace to others? Will you offer love where there is hate? Will you be a peacemaker where there is turmoil? Will there be a dinner table where you are gathering at, where somebody's gonna bring up some divisive politics? How will you respond? Will you jump into the fight? Or will you remember the saints? Will you remember the bread of life? Will you remember the call placed upon your life as a Christian? We all have to make a choice. Now, we talk about the saints today because the saints, this is what they do. They rise above all this. They don't get caught in the fray and the turmoil. And so when somebody is there pointing fingers in anger or in meanness, they don't get involved in that because the saints know that there is a better way. Paul calls it the more excellent way. Love is patient, love is kind. It's from 1 Corinthians. It's the message of the church. When we receive this bread of life, it's to bear fruit. And when we bear fruit, it means that we extend that grace to others. The saints, though, to be a saint doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you have all the answers. It doesn't mean that you never get mad. It doesn't mean that you let people walk all over you. It doesn't mean that you don't speak up. It means that you rise above, and it means that you keep your focus on the bread of life that feeds us, that is the most important thing for our soul. Now, I don't know what all you have going on this holiday season, but you're going to receive an invitation of some kind, and maybe you're going to find yourself at the table with someone, 
and you're not going to agree with them. You're going to have to make a decision on how you're going to respond. I want to close with this. It's one of the saints listed on this front of your order of worship, and his name is Earl Dodge. Many of you know Earl Dodge, and Earl Dodge is an usher in this church for many years. He is beloved by our young people. He has mentored them. And when I first began here at Marietta First, he reached out to me immediately. And I don't know if it's one because he felt sorry for me or he felt like I needed some extra help, which is, you know, possible always. Or maybe he just wanted me to know that I had a friend. And so every single week, usually on a Monday, he would send me an email, words of encouragement, words of kindness, and he would send things to me that would make me think that I would be, I was the best preacher and pastor that ever walked the earth. And I know that wasn't true, but he made me feel that way. And we would often have coffee and have breakfast and break bread together. And in those moments, when we were sitting down together, he would be really honest with me. And he would tell me about the church he would tell me about the things that are going on in his life, but he would always say to me that he wanted to extend the grace that he had received in his life with others. And he loved this church, and he wanted to make sure that others knew that. He lived his life as if every day were the last day. That's a saint. Never claimed to be perfect, but he was always willing to extend grace to anyone. And so, we have to decide how we're going to respond to this invitation from Christ. I forgot to mention, though, that there's a name missing on the list of saints on the front of your order of worship. So I need you, I need you if you will, if you'll write this name on there before we, we turn to that. It might be a little early. It might be a little early for that. But I want you to write your name on that list. Will you accept the invitation? Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.